This is The Mudroom, on Common Sense Parenting Classes with Alana Robinson, parenting effectiveness coach and child behavior strategist. Weekly nuggets of developmentally appropriate parenting wisdom to help you parent your toddlers and preschoolers more effectively with less effort. The Mudroom is recorded live on Facebook every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. Pacific. Now, here's Alana. So before we jump into our topic tonight, I'd like to introduce myself for anyone who is new around here. My name is Alana Robinson, and I'm a parenting effectiveness coach. I help parents of toddlers and preschoolers understand why their children are misbehaving and how to fix it without yelling, shaming, or using timeouts. I am obviously your host here on The Mudroom. I also host my free peer support group, The Parenting Posse, and I have a membership program called Parent Ability. So I wanted to talk about something tonight that has come up quite a few times this summer. And that's like, do I really need to worry about my kids' executive functioning skills? Like, do I need to worry about their self-regulation skills? Why would I not just wait and see if these things develop naturally? I mean, like, clearly... (laughs) There are children who have strong skills in both areas without their parents consciously nurturing those skills. So is it really that important or is this just something that's going to develop as they get older naturally? So there are two things that I want you to consider when you're asking yourself this question, like, is this all that important right now? Because I know we're all busy. We've got a million things on our plates. We're trying to raise little kids and that in and of itself is like a full-time job. Do you really want to add this to your plate? So two things to consider. First, consider that as Frederick Douglass said, it is easier to raise strong children than to fix broken men. Now, Frederick Douglass, (laughs) he died in 1895. So, You're going to have to just forgive the antiquated wording. But despite his fixation on men, he wasn't wrong, right? It will always be harder to remediate than it is to just teach someone the right way from the get-go. I actually, I posted a little meme or a little graphic earlier today on the Uncommon Sense Parenting page. And it said that it is actually four times harder to intervene with a child in grade four than it is in kindergarten. And there's a lot less big development that happens between kindergarten and grade four. So you can only imagine how much easier it is to intervene with a toddler versus even a kindergartner, because there is so much development that happens in that time. Think of it like, like wiring a house. Okay. It's a lot cheaper to install wiring for that fancy sound system while you're building the house initially. Even if you can't afford to install the fancy sound system right then, going back and running all those wires once the walls are closed up is going to cost you a lot of money. It's going to be very difficult. Wiring a brain takes a lot less effort than rewiring a brain. Energy-wise, and remember, stress is just energy expenditure. It takes a lot less energy to set things up properly from the get-go than it would to wait and see if you got your setup right or if you got it wrong and then remediating it, troubleshooting it. A child's brain is very plastic, which means that it's easy to mold. It's easy 
to get it to make connections. And as we age, our brains become less and less plastic. They solidify. You know the saying that you can't teach old dogs new tricks? That's because an old dog has a very solidified brain. (laughs) The less plastic our brains are, the harder it is to integrate new information. It's not impossible. It's just a lot harder. It's going to take a lot more energy. And a toddler's brain is infinitely more plastic than even an eight, nine-year-old brain. This is why early intervention is so important. Okay? The older we get, the harder it is to learn new things. It's not impossible, as I said. It just takes so much more energy, which means it's a lot more stressful, which means it's harder, which brings me to our second consideration. The second consideration is that as kids get older, they have to split their attention amongst a lot more things. Just think of how much more you have to split your attention now as an adult, as a mother, or a father, as the case may be, versus even when you were in high school. And think of how many more things you had to split your attention between than in high school than you did when you were in elementary school. Okay, as soon as they hit six, seven years old, now they have to focus on academics and team sports and music lessons and volunteering and peer relationships that are becoming more and more complicated. The older you get, the more things that you have to divide your energy amongst. There is no time like early childhood to focus on these foundational skills. So it's a natural fit, right? They are best taught through play. Little kids learn best by playing. Adele Diamond, who is, I'm going to have to read her title because I can't, it's long. She is the Tier 1 Canada Research Chair Professor of Developmental Cognitive Neuroscience at the University of British Columbia. So she says that these executive functioning skills should be taught playfully and they should be taught every single day. These skills are the foundation of absolutely everything your child will ever have to do. So if you don't teach them in early childhood, when are you going to get around to it? Why wait until they're struggling in school, in their relationships, and in their activities? If there is one thing that you can do to set them up for success, it's teaching them these skills early. Because never again in their lives are they going to have less on their plate than they do now. They can make far bigger gains in far shorter periods of time in early childhood than they can in grade school or high school. And these skills have been shown to be a much better predictor of just general life success than any academic acuity. If your child has weak executive functioning skills, it's going to be very, very difficult for them to excel at almost anything. So Veronica says, when you ask in group if someone is working on their EF functions with their kids, do you mean all the games? I'm doing the games and learning and applying the vernacular I see in the group, but is there something else I should be doing? No. Veronica is in my parentability membership, so Veronica, that's a great question. No, when you are playing the games, that is the skill building, right? That is integrating those things into their daily life. It's that practice makes perfect cliche, right? Right? Like... It's a cliche because it's true. (laughs) The more we use these skills when 
it's safe for us to fail at using these skills. And that's the important part because generally when we ask children to use these skills, they're on display, right? It's do or die. And if they get it wrong, then there is fallout. So a lot of kids, because kids tend to be slight perfectionists, they want to do it right. They want to please us. Children genuinely want to please us. So often if they can't do it right, they will just hamstring themselves and they won't do it at all. And so then they don't actually practice doing it because they know that there's going to be a negative consequence to them getting it wrong, which means that they don't use the skill. The skill never gets used. And then the more we demand it of them, the more they try and stop themselves from using it, right? And then we have all these negative behaviors that start cropping up as they try and avoid having to use that skill, right? It's very energy draining for them. So when we practice it using games, interactions, activities that we just kind of sprinkle throughout our day, and again, none of this is like super intense. It's made to be very natural, very playful, very fun. When we sprinkle those things throughout our day, it's not do or die, right? It's safe for them to fail. You know, ever failed, that's okay. Fail again better, right? So when we sprinkle those things throughout our day, we give them lots of opportunity to try using the skill, suck at it. And then the next time we try another thing, they suck at it slightly less. And it's just consciously building up those skills so that they have more practice using them so that when it is do or die, they actually can use them and those things aren't going to be sucking so much energy. It's going to be a lot easier for them to do because they have a lot of practice doing it. Um, Veronica says she's been seeing so much progress and she's thinking, is that really all there is to it? Yeah, <laughs> it is really that simple. It is amazing how... When you understand what it is your goal is as a parent, like what it is that you're working on and the benchmarks that you want to see and how their brains work and process information, when it comes down to the actual doing it, it's actually really simple. It's super easy. And you're not the first person to be like, really, that's it? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so I'm so glad you're already seeing so much progress, Veronica. That makes me so much ha so happy. Um, Jenny says we are working on building skills, but I'm finding that he either loses interest or gets upset when the game is over or that he didn't win. Is there a way to deal with this to ensure that it's a positive experience? Do something else. If he is really struggling with it and it's becoming a negative thing, try something else. There's like, I think the smallest category in parents ability, there's like 20 different ways that you can work on a skill. I think that's the one that has the least amount in it. So pick something else. <laughs> Don't harp on something that they hate because you're, you're right. You're going to make it something that they hate doing and then they're not going to want to practice it. And as you said, those breaks are going to come on and they're going to go, don't want to do that. That's really difficult. Now, remember, you are asking your child to do something that they suck at. Otherwise, you wouldn't have to work on it, right? You're asking them to practice something that is very difficult for them to do. Otherwise, you wouldn't be practicing it. So it is really natural for kids to throw on those breaks because they know they can't do it or they know that it sucks a lot of energy. That's why I say only work on this 10 to 20 minutes a day. 
Because if you're working on it for more than 10 to 20 minutes a day, you're sucking a ton of energy, right? Because it's difficult for them to do, which means it takes a lot of effort, which means they then have less effort, less gas in the tank to use for the rest of their day. So don't harp on one thing that they aren't enjoying. Pick something else. Pick something that maybe is slightly easier for them to do. Work up to the really difficult thing. I hope that helps. So all that to say, <laughs> my honest opinion, yes, these skills are worth working on and they're worth working on now. This is important. This is not only going to make your life way easier as a mom, it's going to make their life way easier in the long term. These skills are the skills that we use to do everything, absolutely everything. And when both you and your child are expending less energy to get through your day, that is when you get to sit back and go, this child rearing stuff is actually kind of fun, right? Like Veronica was saying, is that all there is to it? Yeah, that's all there is to it. It suddenly becomes super easy. And every day, every single day, except maybe occasional weekends, I get an email or a message or even a couple times I've gotten a handwritten note <laughs> in the mail from parents saying how much they wish they'd known about these skills earlier, even for their five-year-olds. And I mean, five is by no means not, is by no means too late <laughs> to start working on these skills. Like, by far. But by five, they do already have a certain amount of habit that we need to remediate somewhat, right? Usually with fives, it's not super difficult, but it is a consideration. So is it going to eliminate all of your challenges? No. <laughs> I don't think that highly of myself, and I don't think anything can eliminate all life challenges. Life isn't perfect, and no matter how good your child's life skills are, there's going to be bumps and blocks. These skills also don't finish developing until you're about 28 years old. So for a lot of you, your executive functioning skills might still be under construction. So we really are talking about starting blocks here. But you will have eliminated 80% of your difficulties if your child is developmentally appropriately competent in those nine areas, in the eight executive functioning domains and in self-regulation. I wouldn't be up here talking about it every bloody week if I didn't 100% believe that that was true. So if you're tired of struggling and you're ready to find the ease in parenting, if your first step is to take my free misbehavior proof class. It's an automated class. It runs several times a week so that you can pick a time that fits for your schedule and it will introduce you to these skills that I'm talking about so you can decide for yourself if building them is a priority for you. Your second step is to join ParentAbility so that I can support you in building those skills day by day and you can see just like Veronica and just like Jenny how easy it actually is so that you can raise a strong child, and then you very minimally have to deal with remediation. Sound good? Okay. 
Sarah says she's a teacher. So many of her students that struggle academically are ones that have weak executive functioning skills. It's amazing to see the connection. It is so true. And it's funny to me, like I didn't tell my sons, my oldest son started kindergarten last year. So this is his second year that he's going into. And I didn't tell his teachers what I do for a living before I met with them. And it was really, really neat to me to see the comments that they had about him and how they were going, you know, he's really organized. He has really amazing impulse control. And like, and I was like, yeah, that's what we've been working on. Yep. That's what we've been working on. (laughs) These skills have really tangible real life applications. They just sometimes are difficult to see until you know what you're looking for. So I'm so glad, Sarah. (laughs) Yay! Okay, so if you guys have any questions, please comment, email me, let me know. My email address is alana at alanarobinson.com. Super difficult to remember. I am happy to answer any questions. Like, hit me with your best shot. And I mean, just for a warning, I can talk about this stuff ad nauseum, so... If you do message me, you might be in for like an hour long conversation, but I will always give you my 100% honest answer. So like, hit me, try and stump me, please. (laughs) My inbox is always, always open. Thank you so much for being here with me tonight. It's been so lovely chatting with you and I will see you next week for another Uncommon Sense Parenting class. Have a good evening, everybody. Bye. You've been listening to The Mudroom, Uncommon Sense Parenting Classes with Alana Robinson. If you like what you just heard, remember to join us every Tuesday evening at 9 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. Pacific on Facebook. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, share, and connect with us on social. This has been an Alana Robinson Family Services production.